Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter Williams III, and tonight I am joined with returning Mr. Aaron Johnson. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <Golf> clap. <laughs> but yeah, welcome back, buddy. How's it going? It's going all right, man. I'm so glad to be a part of this again. I'm so... I, like, just fell into my spoopy season, like, watch list, and so I'm jazzed to be talking about some classic horror. Dude, same here. Uh, last episode, we did Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, and Alex from Rent was ah. actually our guest there. And so from there, I was yeah. in my own little spooky... I ended up going through, like, a rabbit hole of Scooby-Doo mo- movies, and now I'm watching the original series again. <laughs> Um, but over other Hell than yeah. that, I've been watching a few. I've been trying to watch things I haven't seen, so I, I know exactly where you are. Yes, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, if you haven't read the title of the episode, we're discussing the original Exorcist. So if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. If you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. But yes, I want to talk about the Exorcist. I want to talk about its impact on horror overall. There's a lot that goes into this movie. I, I was just telling you, kind of off mic, or as we started here. Um, I know I make the schedule, guys, and when it came time to do this movie, I just shrugged my shoulders. Not to, like, just ah. hint at my feeling towards this movie, but because of just, like, how traditional this movie is and the movie that it is, I was like, oh, oh, we're doing this one. Okay, I gotta, like, muster up the energy that never arrived for me to, like, really get into this movie. But I swear I will review and judge this movie as fairly as possible, but just know... I was just not in the in the correct mood to, to sit down for two hours and watch this movie again. That's fair. It's a lot, and also just like it's a yeah, it's a very specific kind of film. So if you're not in the mindset for it, it's yeah, I'm sure it's rough to get through. Yes, although I will say this movie has a lot of things I traditionally love. I'm a huge fan of like obviously movies and cinema, but like my favorite like era of like cinema as far as like cinematography and directing goes is very much the 70s and early 80s where it is that grainy kind of like uh kind of harsh looking film and so this definitely yeah. fits into that it has all the you know the far away shots that slowly pan in as someone's like walking across the street like i just love that you know every time i like work like in, like a midday shift and like you know i go i go to the parking lot and I get in my car and the sun's setting. I pull out. You know, normally I would play like a Billy Joel song and just imagine I'm in like at the ending credits of a 1970s movie and I just freeze frame while I'm at the light. <laughs> what I want you got. Right. I know that's not him, but that's just that's the first song. Came Same me. kind of vibe, though. Just the piano going and yeah. the credits rolling. That's so funny. Oh, man. Okay. So The Exorcist. You hear this movie. Traditionally, I feel like people have heard this movie as being one of the scariest or the greatest horror movie ever made or of all time or the scariest movie of all time. Um, Aaron, growing up, have you ever have you also heard that about this movie? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was a common fear of mine to like ever come across the image of Reagan when she's fully possessed. Yes. Like get, as soon as I saw that, I my soul left my body. It was I was petrified for years about it and then you know over it was actually in quarantine i first watched the exorcist for the first time and i was blown away because 
one, I, like, yes, it's freaky, but I was able to, like, see more of, like, the artistic side of the film and, like, think about it at a filmmaking standpoint. And it's kind of a banging film. Like, I get why a lot of people would be like, this is the best exorcism film bar none that, like, deals with possession. Yes, yes. And I still think that is all throughout middle school. You know, <laughs> People would be like, oh, this is the scariest movie yeah. of all time. And I'm like, really? All right. I also did not watch it until I was a lot older. I think I first saw this movie maybe like my junior year of high school when I was really in, when I was really starting to get into a lot of more later horror films. Um, and I think I did okay. kind of discover my love for the, the 70s around like junior senior year so a little later because at that point i was full on like john hughes 80s like that was my bag back then so you can tell how, yeah how, you know just i was probably obnoxious but also i like to claim the fact you know stranger things i was there before they were a thing <laughs> i was dressing just like that nice there you go <laughs> i was dressing just like that <laughs> But yeah, um, I think this movie has definitely had a huge impact on horror. I mean, uh, we'll get into the movie itself, but often you do hear this movie being considered one of the greatest or the greatest horror movie of all time. Um, and I think it does hold to that in certain moments. Um, I just think it's just one of the best made films, although I do think it has some of its own problems. Um, with that being said, though, right. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Aaron. I want you to, to kind of give us... If it if it's not The Exorcist, what do you think is the greatest horror film of all time? Uh, well, that's a hard yeah. question because, like, I don't know if anyone can say like this is the best horror film of all time, bar none. Just because there's so many different types, and it's still like up to personal belief of like what makes a horror film film a great horror film you know yeah um but this is definitely i would say like if you're going through the records of horror films of all time this is like at least top five it's got to be like of best ones ever made because definitely, the execution yeah. right the vibe right the whole just it gives you everything you want in this kind of story checks all the boxes of possession and also, it like the camera work is astounding for the time. Like it oh, holds yes. up so well, and it's kind of astonishing to think about like when it was made and that it still like just looks nice. Yeah, I agree. You say top five. I was thinking in my head top ten. Like I think, as especially as like more movies have come out since this. <laughs> but... I personally would say top ten, but I was giving the grace to audience. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is definitely like, yeah. But no, top ten is very fair. Yeah. If I were to say, I think on a non-bias level, as I can be, and as objective as I can be, I think the the first movie that comes to mind as like the greatest horror movie of all time, I think it's The Shining. I think that's just the most well known and people are likely to really consider that true horror, I would say. Not to say that yeah. anything else have come out since then isn't. I mean, we've done an episode on The Shining. It's actually one of my favorites. And we <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty comedic episode, actually. But 
I would say though, <laughs> <laughs> The Shining in the right setting is probably the greatest horror movie of all time, and right behind that would be like John Carpenter's Halloween. And then right behind that, probably the Blair Witch Project. And then so somewhere after those three, I think, is when you can debate like, all right, is it The Exorcist or the original Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th Part 4 or, you know. Okay. I, I And again, that's just like a lot of those are considered schlocky as well as you get down there. But like maybe even like her, I don't know if Hereditary has kind of climbed up the top there. Or I know it is. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. Is like yeah. you've already, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it, that's what I'm talking about. Is like that's such already a wide range <laughs> of different types of horror films that you listed. Like it's like going from the '80s schlocky to hereditary, like such a huge jump decades. Um, but yeah, it's like I, I would say the only thing I would say because I don't know how I would place anything, but like. Uh, would I say that there are scarier movies than this movie? Yes. Okay. Like, would I say that The Conjuring is scarier than this? Yes, in my opinion. Okay. I would but disagree with I that. But I would say... No, 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 that's very fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like... And it's mostly just because of, like, the jump scares and the imagery. Um, But I would say that this is a, like, better-made film. Like, I would say... Definitely. It holds up better than The Conjuring would, probably. Definitely. So. Yeah. And then there's, you know, for me, there is bias. Cause I'm not the huge, I'm not a huge Conjuring guy, though I did like the third one a lot, Um, mainly because the it was third crazy. one was so good. Yes. Again, just it had more drama to it. And I was like, I'm really grooving with this so whole cool. true crime inspired exorcist yes, style story. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. We can pick. We can pin it for right now. Um, yeah. I know there's countless, countless articles out there, but I'm pretty sure The Exorcist is number one for a lot of those. It's, 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 for a lot of them, yeah. I think generally it is between The Exorcist and The Shining, and if there is a third, yeah, I, it would be a big like boxing match between Halloween and like maybe it. But I know it's huge for people. Um, and I, I don't remember what else I said, but it has to be one of those. But I would definitely say greatest horror movie of all time goes to either this movie or The Shining. Moving further into The Exorcist, how much do you know about this franchise? Did you know it was a, it was a franchise? Yeah, so I've, I, I feel kind of bad because I did watch um, the – I got like a Shutter account for like a little bit, and then I definitely watched The Cursed – Films, films series that they had where they yeah. had it yeah where they talked about the exorcist in one of them and i know a bunch of shit happened with this film and it's like kind of fucked up what happened uh and it's just like crazy to think about how lawless hollywood used to be like and how we're still trying to fight for certain rights it's crazy yes. um but we like i'm in hollywood right now <laughs> anyway soon uh, soon soon shut up Soon, yeah. Well, that's the dream. Um, but I know that a lot of shit happened, and I know that like there's a bunch of films separate from this that are attached to this franchise, and I sort of have an obsession, or I'm starting an obsession with one of them, or should Ooh. I say two of them? Mm. Um, and I've definitely seen, yeah, and I've definitely seen the third one. Uh, the third one's crazy, I and I that. really liked it. 
we will definitely cover yeah. the third one and the second one on this podcast if we keep going. Um, I will fit it in because I love, I love the third one for Brad Dourif alone. And I, you know, as a huge Child's yes. Chucky fan, I Brad, I will watch Brad Dourif in just about anything, and I have numerous times. So yes, <laughs> yes, both of them, both of those motherfuckers were so good. Oh man, I've seen the first one a few times. I haven't seen the second one. I've seen the third one. Uh. I have seen, I'll get this out of the way, there's a prequel movie to The Exorcist that was made and then immediately remade with the same production company and the same main actor. And I've seen one of the versions and I'm waiting to watch the second version. And I just think that's incredible that that happened. Uh, And then I'm excited for the newest one coming out because, you know... If yeah. they're trying to keep it alive, I'm interested <laughs> to see how that goes. Man, oh man, I'm so glad you brought up those that the movie that was made twice because that is just a wild story. Yeah, Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ! <laughs> like the fact that that was that even happened. Like the studio was just like, yeah, we'll just try it again immediately. And it's funny because like <laughs> there's like, such okay. It's a movie. They they have the same exact plot, the same exact like characters, the few name changes, and yet they're two different movies. <laughs> It blew it blew me away, and I said I need to know about this immediately. Man, okay, so I'm gonna just go through like the franchise really quickly, and then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll head into the movie. So, yeah. man, the Exorcist franchise is it kind of feels like Psycho to me, where it's like you you wouldn't think this really famous movie had a whole list of other movies behind it. <laughs> Yeah, very similar to Psycho. The third one is the fan favorite, or at least in my opinion, uh, I feel like the third one is the fan favorite. Um, And the second one's kind of a cult hit. Um, So The Exorcist. We'll talk about the first movie, but we have the second one, which is The the Exorcist Heretic uh, from 1977. Um, I've seen this movie once, uh, and it is, I think it's worth the watch. I know Reagan's in it, so like, what is... It's, Give me a without spoiling it. Yeah, without spoiling it. From what I remember, this movie Reagan is a teenager, but she has no memory of what happened, and so her this weirdo like professor guy who runs like a like a psychic school or studio. Um, I'll say it like this: Have you ever seen you you've seen that so Raven right the show the original show? Yes. And so in That's a Raven, there's like two episodes where you get kind of more background on how Raven's powers work and where they come from. And in those episodes, there's this weirdo like professor guy who's also a psychic. And it, they really did this for like flashback episodes. Um, but it's essentially like that. And if you've also seen Raven's Home, they kind of expand on it more where she goes and visits him at his new like studio where it's a it's a guy in a lab coat that runs us like a facility full of psychic children and so he somehow like robes reagan into it <laughs> and so she's like i don't know what y'all talking about but sure i'll beat this guinea pig and so the, the whole thing is that like they're just there to see if there's any effect or whatever and it's it's insane it becomes essentially like that's so interesting yeah but it's like it's it's a good movie up until the last like act the third act is horrible because it just falls into oh, like don't you hate it? it it falls into like shitty superhero territory <laughs> and Damn. i'm talking like roger corman captain america fantastic four territory <laughs> Ugh. 
Yes. Um, without spoiling, I didn't spoil it, but like that's the main that's basically the setup. It's just psychic girl doesn't know she's psychic. And it's that's uh so fun though. Yeah, it's it's I would still say check it out because it's really the, the cinematography yeah. in that one is really good as well. But the the third act is so bad. <laughs> but um then That's we get fair. to the the fan favorite, nineteen ninety, The Exorcist Three. A movie that uh, I've always heard about. I've always seen I've seen this like a few times. It is scary. It like it holds up. Again, Brad Dourif in that movie as the Gemini killer is amazing. Um but yeah. Thanks to Ryan Murphy, we can't have anything because now this movie is kind of like <laughs> <laughs> controversial due to its relationship with one Jeffrey Dahmer and the Dahmer series that blew up, but also fostered more controversy. And so yeah. it's very hard to talk about this movie nowadays, but it's a really good movie separated from all of everything it's attached to. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll, I, would, I haven't seen it in a while. We would have to definitely devote a whole episode to it for me to really get into it. But I just remember, like, really grooving with, like, oh, it's a murder mystery with a priest. And for some reason, we have not had that before and have not had it since. And I'm like, where? what are we doing yeah. in Hollywood? Like, yeah. No, like, yeah. I was, I'm really here, like we were saying, with the, the third Conjuring film, like, when it's part true crime but part paranormal it's yes. like that's there's something there and we need more of that it's something i would want from those nun movies it's definitely not yes. that <laughs> like that's not what we get but yeah. that'd be cool i guess man i always tell people i saw that first nun movie and i was like well i'm i'm done with this entire franchise and i have been um and you know and I have. yeah like i just i didn't even watch the second one i hate that movie so much i i saw it for free and i still want my money back like it's been years but eh, I, I still want fair no i i was trying to watch something the other day and i was just like there's three annabelle films what <laughs> yes i was like why <laughs> why do we care about this doll so much <laughs> she doesn't do anything <laughs> she just sits there <laughs> she doesn't even float Oh, She's man. carried. It's not even the doll. <laughs> okay, so then we get to the two, the fourth ones. That's also a prequel, but it was made twice. So now there's five movies. Um, Exorcist: The Beginning oh was the first God. one from 2004. Yeah. I don't remember anything about this movie other than that it, it exists. <laughs> and it, that's the th I think I watched the second one, which is Dominion. Yes, the, the remake. 2005, and again. Yeah. All I really remember is that it takes place in Africa or Haiti, depending on which version you watch. Uh, but no, yeah. it, it's crazy. I found that out. That's crazy to me. That if, yeah, anyway. But I think I watched Dominion, and the last act is so bad. I was just <laughs> like, I can't even finish it. I, I was skipping through it. <sighs> I remember that. I was, you know I like told Carisha. Yeah, I told Carisha, I was like, okay, just get me through. I just need to know how the outcome happens. Um, and then I was going to start the prequel one, yeah. uh, the beginning. And I, like, started it, and then I I was, <laughs> I was like, I, I feel like I need to devote myself to watching it. I was, like, doing it while I was at work. So I was just yeah. like, I, I'm not going to pay attention. But also... In like the first five minutes, I saw like a town like crane shot, but the town was very much CGI, and I was okay, just like, yeah. "Oh, what are we doing already?" Yeah. It's just like you can't even, 
you can't even film in a town. Like, all right. And then I was just like, I can't. I'm not in the right mindset for this right now. The idea of a prequel is a great idea, like, to find out where the demon came from. And also the story of uh, that priest that gets mentioned in The Exorcist that we don't know what happened. He just Like, that's a very up. good idea. Yeah. And then just, all right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that highlights... A major problem with this franchise specifically um this franchise does not have a protagonist <laughs> and i think they keep trying to make yeah one. that's fair because the first movie the protagonist is purely like chris and father karis and then the third act brings in this super priest <laughs> i like to call him which is father Marin. and so super priest. <laughs> yeah trademark that <laughs> And so a lot of people kind of clinged on to Father Marin. And so both prequels are about him, I think, and the priest you were talking yes. about. And I don't remember any of these names, yes. but like they're about him. And I'm like, OK, I get it. You want to introduce like the guy that kind of sort of saves the day. But also he's only in the original movie for like 15 minutes and then he dies. He dies. <laughs> <He's> like, yeah. <laughs> He gets killed. So, so it's, it's like, like oh, well, I guess he wasn't that good of a priest. Right. So it's like, if he encountered <laughs> the demon beforehand, like, why are we doing, like, that was just a weird choice for me. Um, but yeah, both yeah. movies kind of suck. Um, and they, again, it's the same exact plot, just in different locations and a few name changes. And I think there's a nun in one of them that is involved that's sleeping with everyone. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always tell people, though, and the best sequel that you can get to The Exorcist is the television series in 2016. Um, have you ever Ooh, seen this? Yes. I saw the pilot, and I just never got to finish it, but I always said I would watch it again. Yeah. Oh, I was man. so interested in that. Man, I remember, like, 2016 was a busy year. So I remember when they like announced this at like Comic Con, I think, and it was like fall 2016, boom. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's like second semester for me. I need something crazy to watch. Scream, the TV show, was also one at this point. Um, and when they first announced it, everyone hated this idea. They were like, what? How are you going to make a TV show remake of The Exorcist? Why would you do that? Blah, 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 blah. And so it worked in the show's favor because when the reviews came out, they I think, you know, critics get like the first couple episodes. I think they released like the first four episodes and everybody was like, yo, <laughs> we change our minds. This show rocks. <laughs> and Hell it was yeah. specifically like everyone was like episode one, episode, uh, episode one and episode four, I want to say. And then, and then again, I could be getting that wrong because, you know, TV episodes were longer back then. Um, yeah. But they definitely said there was one specific episode and so i don't want to like spoil it but it has been like a long time especially if you plan on like continuing watching it but i definitely recommend you do but oh no i do i i actually had it on my list for this halloween okay. season i wanted to at least watch a few episodes. okay it is um okay well i'm gonna spoil but not spoil but I, i'll say this okay. it's it is the biggest twist they have is that people thought it was a remake and it's a sequel. And so I won't tell you in what way it's a oh, sequel. That's, that's where the major okay. spoiler is. I won't tell you in what way and what connection and how. That's fair. 
But it is the, and I've said it many times on this podcast for people who listen to past episodes, but it is the best way to continue the Exorcist story from the original while also bringing it into a modern age. And it was so good. And I was so pissed off when it got canceled after two seasons. I was like, why? It was so... Those good things get canceled. Yeah, it was so scary. Like, it genuinely scared me. And I could understand it was Fox television at the time. They can never really decide But, like, that's sick. Yes. That it was Fox television. But, you know, the series was kind of set up to fail. It came on at, like, 10 o'clock at night. And so... No one's up at yeah. 10 o'clock at night on like a Tuesday or like a Thursday, I think. Maybe Friday. But like even then, people are out on Fridays. That's where it aired. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. but like it was so Also, good. everyone wants, everyone just wants American Horror Story. That's the thing. Yeah. Is 2016. That anything that's different. It's like. But then again, I think that was like the turning popular. point. I was just talking about American Horror Story with people at work. But like. 2016 was definitely like a part of the the turning point for that series because it's not as big as it used to be. Every season, there's just like talk about how the fandom is falling off, and I get on Twitter, and there's just nothing but negative stuff about the fandom. I like the the recent seasons. I think they're more thought out for the most part. Uh, this new season right now is doing really well, despite the controversy surrounding Emma Roberts again. But uh, let me see here. Yeah. What was the 2016 season? Roanoke. Well, I know. F- okay. Yeah. Oh, 2016 was Roanoke. 2015 yes. was Hotel. Yes. So, yeah. And I love Roanoke, but Roanoke was definitely where people were like, this sucks. And I was like, what? This is the most inventive they've been in years. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I feel like Roanoke was good enough because it was different. Yeah. I, I love Roanoke. Um, But yeah, that was definitely around that time. But yeah, definitely check out that series and get back to me because I could. If I remember everything, I, wait. I remember the two leads being really well done as well. Like, wow, well, redundancy. I remember the two leads being really good. You got it. Them focusing on like a Hispanic Catholic guy while also focusing on yeah. like a British Catholic and how they still believed in two different things. And I was like, oh, it made me really get into Catholicism for like a few months because I was like, I didn't even know that all this existed. <laughs> I didn't know Catholics were a thing. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I was like, ah. There's more religion out there? <laughs> ah, Catholics! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. And so now we have this recent sequel, requel, I guess, uh, Exorcist the Believer that just came out as of this recording. And I know people are excited to, to see it. I Go back to our Halloween Ends episode. I said it right there. I was like, you know, I would be excited, but it's the same team. And it's just the fact that they're calling it a requel. I was really like, my ex- my expectations are very low. I don't have much faith because I feel like we're just going to get the same kind of like formula without a lot of, probably a lot of good ideas without without them really fully fleshing them out. And lo and behold, a lot of the reviews are just that. <laughs> a lot of great ideas, but yeah. not a lot of uh, good execution. Uh, very cheap. Are you saying it's the same team as Halloween Ends? Yeah, it's David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and kind of mostly the same kind of production team, Blumhouse. Uh, I think even the Danny same. McBride? Crazy. Yeah, he did really good at writing the Halloween movies, but I was like, oh, you yeah. know, especially that, like, you know, for me, I've said it before, but like those like initial requel movies I really don't groove with because they tend to not say anything but 
you remember that property you liked? It's back. You know, I don't like, I don't want to say Literally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Halloween, I was like, fine. But I had a lot of fun with Halloween Kills. And I was like, okay, it was different. You know, now that we got all the, you know, introductory out of the way. Same thing with Scream 5 and 6. I'm like, you know, I like Scream 5, but I can't help but think that it's just Scream again. And if I want just Scream again, I would watch Scream 4, which did it a lot better. But then like, Scream 6 comes out, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We got all the introductory stuff out of the way. Let's have some fun. And so that's how I feel about it. So I will go see this movie eventually, um, or I'll probably wait for it to hit digital. Maybe. <laughs> eventually. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> kind of sound like Plankton there. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Well, yeah. I know a lot of people are excited about it. It's probably going to be, you know, probably top of the box office, maybe, unless Saw is just doing gangbusters. But I think Paw Patrol's taking it right now, which is so weird. Paw Patrol! <laughs> uh, good for them. You yes, know what? They got superpowers now. I'm glad the dogs are winning. <laughs> the pups. They're pups, Aaron. The pups. Pardon me. The paws. The patrol. Um, anything you want to add about this vast franchise? <laughs> before we take our break it's something that i've it's something that i feel like should have been a hook line and sinker of like a studio being able to milk it dry but it just seems like each iteration doesn't hit Ooh, you're right so it's like what is it gonna take or should we just like let it die you know because yeah. i'm always up for a good possession film now that i'm like actually watching them and interested in them yeah like there's not a lot of possession films that like itch my scratch you know yeah um same here scratch my itch i should say but uh so it's like i would like i'm always an advocate if it's going to be good for you to keep doing shit with the franchise but if it's going to be subpar then i just maybe don't yeah i definitely would have kept the tv show going because not only did they make a successful successor to it but they also had something new to it like it was when it wasn't being like a, a sequel to the original exorcist the underlining overall plot of the series was a conspiracy like thriller like it was really good a conspiracy thriller with demons like that is a great idea like can you think, think yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Manchurian Candidate but it was basically that with Priest uh, and it was like this vast like it was a really cool, intricate, kind of like political thriller underground thing. Meanwhile, you got Pazuzu causing havoc up the front. And I'm like, oh, it, this is really interesting. And then they just kind of like dropped it. And I was like, oh, I was but, like, somebody, uh, okay. somebody could have picked it up. The History Channel, someone. <laughs> anyone, anyone, please. Bueller. <laughs> Love a good reference. All right, um, <laughs> just not going to want to watch Ferris Bueller. All right, um, we're going to take our first break here, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk all about this original 1973 film, The Exorcist. What an excellent day for an exorcism. The Exorcist. 
All right, everyone, we're back. Let's talk about The Exorcist. It was released December 26, 1973. Let me pause right there. This movie came out a day after Christmas. <laughs> no wonder people were pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> they said, great. You know what people want right after they open presents is to themselves. Right. <laughs> like, no wonder everybody was pissed off. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Santa? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Demons. You know, the devil. Yes. The devil himself. Oh, man. That is hilarious to me. Like, a, the day after. Meaning, like, the midnight screening was on Christmas Day. Yeah. No, they literally were like, oh, this is the slot we have. They were like, yeah, do it. Go ahead. <laughs> Go for it. I wouldn't. I want to know if there was like an executive. He's like, you guys sure you don't want to like, you know, at least like November, you know, twenty fourth. No, the cheer is over. Yeah, like, the cheer is done. We can push the it back to October. Are in. Yeah, <laughs> they said nah. I wrap up the tree at eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> on t- December twenty fifth every year. Right. <laughs> so funny to me. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> Directed by William Friedkin, screenplay by William Peter Blatty, which, oh boy, I'm, I'm going to have a tough time not saying Blatter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, that's the worst name. <laughs> Based on The Exorcist, the novel by William Peter Blatty, the film stars Ellen Burstyn, Max von Sydow, or Sydow, however you pronounce it, uh, Lee J. Cobb, Kitty Wynn, Jack McGowan, Jason Miller, and Linda Blair, and the plot goes as such. When young Reagan starts acting out, levitating, speaking in tongues, her worried mother seeks medical help only to hit a dead end. A local priest, however, thinks the girl may be seized by the devil. The priest makes a request to perform an exorcism, and the church sends in an expert to help with the difficult job. The budget of the film was $12 million, which, wow, even in the 70s, wow. Wow. And then the box office overall was $441.3 million. And um, we kind of hinted at this earlier. This movie has a lot of history behind it, so I'm gonna try and clip notes as best as I can. Um, but as Aaron was kind of talking about earlier, this movie is considered to be one of those infamous cursed films. Uh, the principal photography was very difficult, taking place in both hot desert and a refrigerated set, which I can again, me and weather and temperature already have beef. So I, I would, yeah, I would explode. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Like one day you're in the desert, the next day you're in a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, I would kill myself. Not even the next day, probably the next hour. It was probably just a plane ride away. I was about to say that that's a very quick as soon as you step out of the trailer, it's yeah. just like blinding heat. <laughs> sand. Just think about Anakin Skywalker. I hate sand. Sand I hate sand. Horse <laughs> rough. It's everywhere. So uh, many of the cast and crew were injured, some died, and unusual accidents occurred during delaying shooting, and the production took twice as long as scheduled, cost almost three times the initial amount, and uh, the many mishaps have led to a belief that the film was secretly cursed, which is just hilarious. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, ah, it's cursed, we don't need to be doing this movie. Just somebody be like, nah, we already spent the money. We got to do it. Get on that plane. <laughs> Sorry, we only got this little, little girl for another 10 hours. So you got to break her in half for a scene real quick. Yeah, her parents are just tough, man. You got to you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry. We signed a contract. <laughs> it's a scroll. <laughs> yeah. 
I imagine all Hollywood contracts before like 1990. Her scroll. Yeah. The quill. <laughs> yes. Carried Fucking by pigeons. Dipped in a little like inkwell. <laughs> has the little like Dracula's like stamp too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wax and the seal and the yeah. Oh boy. That's that's the. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, Natalie Portman's contract looks like because she hates every movie she's in. <laughs> yeah, she has to sign her soul to the devil with each one. Yes. Okay, uh, so reviews were mixed, but audiences waited outside of, of theaters with long lines during the cold weather. Again, right after Christmas. There were sold-out shows, which uh, signaled to Warner Brothers that this was probably the most profitable movie they have So thus far. Uh, since they had booked um, more theaters than they initially thought they would, they, initi- they initiated a four-wall distribution agreement, which I did not know, so I wrote down the definition. But basically, it means that they rented out theaters to play the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. But they were... Uh, oh, they did it like the old school way. Yeah. And uh, apparently, it's nice. the first major studio to have done so. Just Hell yeah. a little bit of history there, people. So you middle schoolers listening to this, there's your paper. Impress your teachers. All you middle schoolers that are, yeah. <laughs> that are tuning in, man. Yeah, me and Shelton like to pretend that we have a percentage of audiences that are like middle school age, and we're trying to help them out. So they impress their I teachers with that. weird movies. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah, no, make sure to tell them about The Exorcist. Go home and watch it. Yes, yes. So um, some viewers claim they suffered adverse physical reactions to this movie featuring fainting or vomiting. To shocking scenes, some even saying that they had an aneurysm, which I don't think you could. I don't know how aneurysms work, but if you survive, here, right? Here's the thing. <laughs> sure, I maybe, maybe that happened. Maybe this this is all true. I I know it is. It does sound fake, and for us to be like that wouldn't happen. But at the same time, the developmental like state of human beings back then like they just hadn't seen a lot you know yeah. like they were they were still more sheltered and so like part of me could believe that that is a thing that would have happened um but at the same time like it's not now yeah. now we understand it's not that scary yeah even then though i feel like people would be savvy enough to know that like a good hour of this two-hour movie is just a religious drama, <laughs> and so when the stuff happens, it's like, yeah, maybe it is kind of jarring. Okay, maybe I see your point. Uh, it's like it is. It's definitely jarring, and I'm sure very new to them. Like, yeah, you would also just think that they'd be able to have the common sense of like, this is just a film. <laughs> yeah, it's just people that got together on a stage and said, let's how does how do we make this happen? Yeah, there are wires. Yeah. <laughs> Then again, like if again, if I were ever to time travel, it would be to see the premiere of Psycho in 1960 because I just want to see people run out of the theater. Dude, yes, I was just thinking that. I was like, I would kill to have been at that premiere just to see what happened to people. I just want to be that guy that points and be like, "Oh my god, a toilet!" (laughs) And when she flushes the money down, yeah, I know. Oh my god, is that is that blood? (laughs) Is that blood? She's wearing a black bra. All right. Um. And then to round out these little facts here, uh, we'll see here the culture conversion around the film helped it become the first horror film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture, as well as nine as well as nine other nominations. Blatty won for Best Adapted Screenplay, and the Sound Engineers won for Best Sound, which I think are pretty apt. Yeah, 
Um, I did not look up what else came out that year, so I'm, I am kind of curious of what won. But I'll, I'll save it for another day to kind of keep us moving along. But that is that's pretty interesting. This is the first horror movie to have won or have been nominated and to have won Oscars. I need more of it to happen. Like, yes, Parasite was like astonishing. The closest thing we have so far. Um, yeah. Right. So like, I just I do think that horror movies should get a lot more recognition for the filmmaking prowess that they take. Definitely. Like, I'm. There's no reason Hereditary should not have at least been nominated. Um, and, yeah. You know, again, just exiting out my bias, and you know, I would have to get Dakota on here to really go into like Oscar talk. But like, as exiting hey, out yeah. my bias on Scream, there is no reason that that movie should not have been nominated and have won for best original screenplay. Because like. No other movie was doing it at that at that time. Like no no other movie was doing well. Maybe aside from A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, what eight not eight eight yeah, uh, New Nightmare. But again, <laughs> that was a year before. Um, but Scream should have gotten Dude, some kind of recognition. New Nightmare that screenplay. Oh, another movie I really want to do on this show. That's a good one. The Exorcist was considered the highest grossing film of all time, unadjusted for inflation. Until you want to guess what movie beat it. For highest grossing horror movie? Of all time, yeah. Mm. I can give you a hint if you would like. Uh, My first guess is Scream 5? Ooh, no, but I, I believe no. it's close, but no. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Halloween? No. Keep Damn. going back. Keep going back? Yeah. It is recent in the fact that, like, the last, like, maybe 10 years, within the last 10 years... Oh, was it Get Out? Ooh, close, but no. Go now. You need to go forward. Us. Now you need to go back again. No, <laughs> you keep skipping oh over Lord. this year. What is it? Okay, I'll give you a hint. It was the year 2017 where this happened. What was the biggest horror movie in 2017? Oh, was it It? It was It. Yep. It Chapter oh, One, to be specific. Oh, good. <laughs> good because i was just thinking the other day that when i made that, that post on facebook where i was like uh what's a movie you wish you could like watch again for the first time Ooh, it would yes. be it chapter one Do it you... chapter one was so yes. fucking good dude you posted that and i i literally i kid you not i sat for 20 minutes trying to think of a movie and then i ended up being like you know what let me just not comment <laughs> <laughs> You're like this is a crisis. I can't I even was, try to think. I was sweating thing. so hard thinking back at like all of my favorites and that I've seen, and then like I was like, oh man, I just I can't, I can't, you can't do this to me. Because my answer would be all of them. <laughs> all. Of I them. mean, yeah, that's fair. Exorcist, the original movie. Here, what's your overall thoughts on the movie? My overall thoughts is that it's a great film. I do feel like i know it's older and we do like stuff to breathe but i feel like it could have been cut a little more there's just some parts that seem to drag a little for me um but i do love the personal aspects of the film of when you're getting to know these people and then the journey like i said like it hits all the ticks of what I want for a possession film. Like, to what story of how it started, the progression, I want to see how bad it gets, 
and I want to see the fight to win them back. And so it definitely does all of that. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, my overall thoughts is pretty similar. I I loved, I like this movie fundamentally. I think on a filmmaking level, this is amazing, especially for the time. Yeah. Um, it again, I'm just I'm a sucker for 70s style film where it is much more of an intimate filmmaking style and theme. And this movie does that in strides with so many characters, um, minor and main, to where again, I kind of like I kind of backtrack to what I said earlier about like how this movie and this franchise doesn't necessarily have a protagonist where I think it kind of falters. So it has to like go to this yeah. original movie and pick someone out of its main ensemble cast but it's just like five people anyway which is very hard to do yep yeah but overall this is really good this is this is a really good fundamental horror film i think it does hold up with its certain scares but my main problem is that what i was saying earlier i put this movie on the list and when it came down to watch it, I shrugged my shoulders and said, oh, God, I got to watch this because it does feel like a chore. Like this, this pacing is horrible. I hate the pacing of this movie. The yes. Fir- yeah. The first hour is a drama. And I kind of want to stay there with these little inter interspurts of Reagan and mom. And then for a minute, it like it, it does switch over and around the middle part. And we're just kind of like increasing the progression of the possession but we don't see the priest anymore and i'm like okay it's getting kind of like long in the tooth in the middle half here and then the third act is the big you know exorcism and that's the best part of the movie but i'm like i and i think it is just modern sensibility but even just imagining sitting in a theater for this long and like virtually just a lot of just meandering happening it would it would definitely irritate me no, yeah, I mean, it's, like, you can say it's a modern, like, thought process, what have you, but just, like, I don't, I think you can also just say that at the time, that was okay, because it made it feel more real and more lived in, but, like, as you progress in filmmaking and where we're at now, we realize we can make it feel real and grounded without having to see all of the meandering yeah, like definitely. we can get to a point better definitely and, it, and it's so funny because i think about that and i'm like this is definitely you're right and then i i feel the same way and i think about modern movies now where i'm always saying slow down just stop for a second let's just be in the exactly yeah, that's the thing is that we haven't found a good medium yeah we haven't had a yeah. good medium since like the late 80s early 90s something like you know i think a movie with great pacing is represented within signs of the lambs which is a very midpoint movie that yes. has great pacing yeah. with the same amount of like two hour runtime and it's like okay that, that that's where should we should aim i recently watched the green mile mm-hmm. for the first time three hour movie did not feel dude it. And I did not. Did it not feel it, it moves so well, and it feel and it, it like it feels like a novel, but it it's flowed like a an hour. I thought it was like I was almost late to work because I started the movie at noon, had to be at work at <laughs> had to be at work at five, and I was like, wait a minute, oh damn, <laughs> it's dark outside. Yep, <laughs> it didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like I sat there, and so that's like that's what we mean by pacing people like. This movie takes its time and it feels like it's taking its time, especially within the middle. Um, 
With that being said, though, still a great horror movie. <laughs> this movie will scare the crap out of no, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was the, out. like I said, the flash of the demon hits me every time. I hate that fucking image. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Him and his buck teeth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So this movie kind of begins like an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> We're in Iraq <laughs> when they're digging yep. up a statue, a spooky statue, which is just need to bring that back too. It, uh, you know, I, I just love a, a, a good centerpiece. And this is just very a haunted relic. Yes, a haunted relic. Not a doll, you know, Annabelle, but well, correct. No, 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 yeah. Different. Give me give me a haunted like coffee table. You know, give me some, like a side like nightstand or something. <laughs> a coffee table. It's like, it's give a... me a fucking mug, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All this old thing my grandmother gave it to me and then like a demon comes yeah. out of the cup. We Drowned got, you in tea. Yes, I keep pouring things in it, and it's just it's just black coffee every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write that down actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. this is just uh, I think it is a master class, and you know, masterpiece, master class comes up in a lot of movies. I think this is a master class in like atmosphere and. I don't want to say jump scares because this movie doesn't have a lot of jump scares. Like the, I think the only real jump scare is what you said with the the spooky face that comes up. Yeah, but I, a lot of the scares are set up really well, where it's like they're just in the kitchen cooking breakfast or whatever, and then Reagan just starts screaming upstairs. They jump up, and when you walk in the movie, she when you walk into the room, she smacks the shit out of you. <laughs> she starts throwing shit. Oh man, puts you in your place. <laughs> Tells was, you what's what. I was like, that's that's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying, but at the same time, including a scene like that later, I, I just do also feel like there's moments where, yes, can make us feel scared and uncomfortable, but there's, uh, there's a moment that's just a little too much, <laughs> and I'm just like, Ooh. I don't know if we needed to do that. Or see it. It's when she comes back into the bedroom and Reagan starts uh, stabbing herself downstairs with a crucifix and then yeah. shoves her mother's face into it. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, like, that's just, that's a, like, we don't, we don't need that. You know? It's funny because, like, that scene, I think, is in, there's two versions of this movie. There's, like, the theatrical version and the director's version. And so I think the director version. Oh, has... is that in the director's No, it's in version? both versions. <laughs> my my comment was going to oh, be, okay, like, good, it's funny good. that they cut out the spider walk from the stairs. That's in the director's version. So that's how you know you're kept that. But kept the masturbation scene. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, what are we doing? What are we, huh? They're doing cocaine. That was that was, that was what's happening. Yeah, true. Yeah, they're wanting to make fucking money. That's what they're wanting. Oh man, I also but kind of like gearing back here. I do understand what you're saying, but I love the direction of this movie as well. And again, it's just very seventies. But I wanted to ask you: Are you familiar with the director William Friedkin? I don't think so. Not by the name. What else have they done? Gotcha. He's mostly a documentarian. <laughs> Um, this is definitely oh. his most famous movie, but he's done a lot of documentaries, but so he has done some other stuff. The one I know the most very well, aside from this one, is an Al, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Alfred Hitchcock. It's a, um, Al Pacino movie, um, called, uh, Cruising. 
and I really like cruising as well. It's, you know, Al Pacino in his cop phase, you know, fresh off of Broadway, doing his little, uh, oh, yeah. trying to be a star, essentially, right before he does The Godfather, I believe. Okay. It is, it's a, it's a really good movie. It's basically, he's just looking for a serial killer who's, like, haunting, uh, <laughs> serial killer that's haunting, like, um, gay clubs and taking out gay men through the act of, like, cruising. Oh. And so it was a large part of what was of what um, American Horror Story NYC was about. He also directed the original Boys in the Band, uh, which is a really great play and a great film. And Fun, a great movie. yeah. He did The French Connection, The Exorcist, um, which I have not seen The French Connection. It's been on my list to watch for so long, but people are always like, that is one of the greatest movies of all time. So it's definitely, I need to see it. And uh, I've sure. heard the name, but I haven't watched it. Cruising, yeah, he did Cruising in 1980, so uh, it would have been after, uh, would have been after Godfather. To Live and Die in L.A. as well is another movie I hear about. But he mostly does um, those are his more like commercial films. He has a movie called Sor- Sorcerer as well. But he all he he did he mostly stuck around with like editing and um, documentary and type stuff. Ooh, boy, um, he recently died, uh, August of 2023. Earlier this um, earlier this summer, rip. but yeah, okay. I've always liked this guy's direction. I think his best directed film is I think I think it's Cruising. Cruising is such a good, like vibey, like if you really want to get into like the underbelly of like the nineteen seventies nineteen eighties like gay scene, he really displays it mm-hmm. there. Al Pacino is weird as hell in it. Like if you search it. If you go in like GIF searches and put in cruising 1980, you'll see this really funny GIF of Al Pacino trying to dance, and he's not a dancer for a reason. <laughs> it's uh, one of the funniest okay. things, but yeah, it's really good. It's a really good suspense thriller, and so a lot of that direction I do see within this original Exorcist film, with it's just mainly in character interactions. He loves like obviously there's a lot of conversation going on in this movie so he loves like having two characters really close together in a center frame while having a conversation and so the the sides are empty most of the time best uh example i can give is like when he when father Karras is talking to reagan they're really close to each other she's like he's like right on the side of the bed and so if you look off to the sides it's just the walls and it's like that's kind of where he normally goes after most of the time even when um chris when uh, Chris goes to Father Karras and is begging him on the street, uh, there's a lot of cutting going on in that scene. But whenever he cuts out to like a medium shot, the sides are completely clear and they're like really close together in center frame, mainly because she has a black eye in that scene. So for context, but it, it's a really good like right. film technique that he also tends to do. I, I really, I really like it. Um, so that's why, that's why I really enjoy this guy. Whenever, anytime I try to yeah. bring him up, really good filmmaker. I, I do encourage checking out more of his stuff. Um, he was a really good director. That Al Pacino one sounds really interesting. I do want to watch that. Yeah, I, I saw it like once in like 2017, and then I immediately watched it again because I was like, well, that was insane. It's a really good like mystery too, but it's just mostly just be like, the it's so suspenseful because the whole time you're like, okay, I want Al Pacino to catch the killer, but is he gonna turn gay at the end? <laughs> he's he's really struggling here. Uh, but like, is he gonna? <laughs> Just he, be gay, man. Is he, like they and they don't like the the ending is so good because they don't really give you they they don't even really give you who the killer is like it, it's really good. I would suggest, I'd highly recommend for cruising. Um, but yeah, so 
in this movie here, we go to Georgetown. Ever been to Georgetown? I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. I've never been to Georgetown. We should take a trip to Georgetown. Yeah, dude. I'm so down. I want to see the Exorcist steps. <laughs> um, so oh, yes. The infamous steps where three people go tumbling down those steps at this in this movie. Did you ever think Lord. about that? <laughs> How high three is of this them. window? <laughs> right. How high? <laughs> Can we can we get a net somewhere? Can we get like a, a better handrail? Like, what do we need to do? I'll take a ladder because, like, <laughs> I'll take a ladder. You know, get the little bars that um the family puts on Harry's window in Harry Potter. Like, get the... yes, exactly. That's exactly what I thought of. Because, like, we got the first guy that goes out is the the director of the movie because uh chris mcneil is an actress and so her she's living with her daughter they've moved to georgetown washington because she's filming a what looks like to be a political thriller or not even thriller but like a political movie of sorts political uh, drama yeah which i'm like that that's very on brand again for william friedkin and yeah <laughs> it's it, it it looks good and then we cut out and it's like oh yeah a few scenes later uh he was left alone with your daughter i went to go grab some she went to go grab something and then she's like they don't notice that like her friend slash boyfriend is just outside and so the guy comes up he's like have you heard what oh um well they're outside right now oh (laughs) (laughs) he's dead man she's like what yeah uh you didn't hear that he died right outside like 20 minutes ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) man it's just so this this movie has like, it's so chill and then it has no chill in certain parts and I love it. I know no that's the thing is like it ramps up so fast and then ramps down so fast and so it's just like whiplash. So um tell me about tell me what you think about these characters here um Chris and Reagan. Chris is I like them, but also like their relationship seemed fine and that they were good mother and daughter, but it. The only thing I can say is that it astounds me that, like, one, no one brings up a psychologist. And it's probably because of, like, the times yeah, they were in. Two, just, like, no one brought up exorcism or, like, demons or something like that. And, like, not even the mom. And so I'm just like, did she... Is that not like a thought that was really present around that time? <laughs> um, is it a cultural thing? Are they not as religious? And so they just like, her mind wouldn't jump to that. Right, right. Like, she's very, uh, you're right. Because like, they're very like in denial for about most of the, the movie until she starts like yes. beating herself and like floating above the bed. And they're like, okay, now there's something wrong. Correct. <laughs> obviously this isn't obviously this is a crazy thing happening now it's like what yeah i do find it funny though it's like after all because we get like this montage of like tests being done on reagan and then the doctors are like well we think it's a tumor but if you really want some answers we recommend an exorcism and she's like what (laughs) and so she goes to the the guy and he's like oh exorcism yeah we stopped doing those back in like the 1800s (laughs) literally he's like oh we don't do those those aren't real right and it's like what what my daughter is like killing people <laughs> she's throwing people out the window please Cur- <laughs> currently dying currently being possessed i've witnessed it yes but yeah it's like they seem to have a good relationship and so i do root for them but it's they just go through 
they just go through so much that I'm not even like focused on them, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's more about <laughs> I'm like, so what's I'm just happening. like, good lord. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's like there's not really a protagonist, it's just like a, th- a bad thing that's happening to these people and so you're just like hey can we resolve this as soon as possible thanks yeah i don't know how long this 12 year old girl can hang on her body doesn't seem to be that yeah i will say um what surprised me most is that i think out of all the characters they feel the most natural like their mother-daughter relationship was pretty like you were saying they were they had a really good relationship and then this demon just you know wedges in between them and this demon is just this demon, you know, most ex possession movies, the demon is like really, really mean or has some kind of exterior goal. This demon is just like, yeah, she let me in, so I'm just gonna fuck with her. Literally, just like butthurt because <laughs> why is he jealous that they're just alive? I guess it's like he just immediately walks into their home and it's just like, hey, I'm bored, so I'm just gonna <laughs> fuck with your daughter. Right. Is that all right? By the way, I'm Captain Is that Howdy. cool? This is my home now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, yeah. There's so many just, like, really good details, too, that I want to bring up. Like, um, I put this in my notes here, but Reagan's got the triple Ds, divorced deadbeat dad. And there's a really fun scene. Nice. Where they're like, did you love dad? She's like, of course I loved your dad. And the next scene is just, like, her on the phone cursing out the dad's, like, voicemail because he didn't come and pick Reagan up. <laughs> and- yep. Funny enough, that's the night she gets like fully possessed, and it's like, oh, okay, well, there's some daddy issues going on. Uh, oh, I'm sure that that had a lot to do with it. We get that fun. Uh, I keep saying fun. I don't mean fun, but like this is really freaky. Uh, dinner party scene. <laughs> when there's like a drunk fight happening in the kitchen, and then like they drag the guy out. But then after that, you know, this scene's been parodied so many times, mainly through Scary Movie Two. But Reagan comes downstairs in the nightgown and like pees all over the floor. You're gonna die here. Yeah, yeah, and then everybody's like, "Well, time to go." Yeah. Oh, I, your your daughter isn't doing well. Look at the time. <laughs> Someone yeah. should figure that out. That's crazy. But yeah. Um. Okay. So getting into the the priest, how do you feel about the priest in this? You know, again, most of the first hour is kind of introduced. I guess to Father Karras and he's you know he's doing his Italian lifestyle. He's a I caught this this time, but he's a priest and a psychiatrist so the guy just has just contradictory conflict i was about to say that's his whole (laughs) yeah like purpose in this film is just like caught in the middle doesn't know what to do right i feel like you kind of set yourself up if you study to be a priest and study psychiatry (laughs) no one yeah for real (laughs) yeah maybe choose a side first and then See, you can figure some stuff out. Where does your faith lie? And so that's kind of what this movie's about. Um, I like Father Karras a lot. He's really reserved, but I think when it comes down to it, he gets shit done. And I do feel bad because he loses his mom about halfway through the, or even in the first like hour of the movie, she dies. But like the guy is very indecisive, but when it comes down to it, he'll try and do the right thing. How do you feel about Father Karras here? I re- yeah, I really like Father Karras. I, I like you said, he's a very reserved character, but at the same time, it's just he's got a lot going on. You know, he's got his mom, he's got his faith, and then also his other job, his being a psychologist. So I'm sure it's a lot on the guy. And then to 
<laughs> just like you can tell that there's this huge inner struggle with him the whole movie. Yes. And to see him be approached by the mom and be like, hey, my daughter has seen every specialist possible and no one can tell us what's happening to her. I think it's a demon and him just being like, no, that can't be it. <laughs> him just being like, that's crazy. It's like, lady. maybe I should just go talk to her. Like, you know, yes. like just it's, it's wild how he like gets into it and even like tries to, what's the word I'm looking for? He tries to like reason. Maybe he's, he's apprehensive to it. There it is. Yeah. He's apprehensive to it very much so at first, and I think that's so interesting for his character. And then he just kind of, like, ultimately resolves to help because I guess, to me, it's just like, he's like, well, I guess it is my duty like, yeah. as a father of the cloth. Yeah, he's like, and he's fuck. just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the character a lot, so, like, it, it kind of makes it tragic in, like, a bittersweet way where his whole entire character arc is, like, What's my faith? I found my faith again by helping out this girl not be possessed. But in the process, I was thrown out of a window or I threw myself out of a window and killed this demon. Possibly, maybe their sequel. So not likely. And it's, yeah. it makes me sad because I'm like, I really like this guy. I wish he got to live. But at the end, he's just at the bottom of the steps bleeding while his friend, his only friend, it seems, just holding his hand. Dude, that moment is so good. Yes. Cuz it's it feels so real. Like yeah. to see him tw see him there twitching like as he's losing the last of his life and his friend just being like I'm here for you. Like I'll be here until yeah. you're gone. It's like, like confess. Ugh. Confess. Oh yeah, anything you want to confess right now so you can uh move on. Oof. Man, it's That's such so a good. Again, I just wish we had um, with all the time this movie spends, I do wish there was a little bit more time with some of the other priests. Because, like, again, Father Marin just kind of comes in. He's recommended by the church, so he's kind of seen as, like, we see him at the very beginning. He's in Iraq doing archaeological stuff. And so he's the one that kind of finds Pazuzu. And, then I, you know, again, there's sequels and prequels, so he was, like, the first guy, like, the first line of defense, maybe. And then when this in this movie, he's like, yeah, we know a guy who dealt with a similar ordeal. He can he can do an exorcism, and he comes in, and then he kind of just dies, and it's just like yeah, that's all we get to really know about him. And I know they want to explore him more, but really, I want to know more about the friend. Now, not to say we don't get to know about the friend. He's the main character in Exorcist Three, which is he's done really well in that movie. But I wish that we got to know him because I don't even remember his name. That's what that's my main exactly part. no. I, <laughs> I I wish we got to know him for sure. I it's yeah, it's just crazy to me that it starts the film with this man and builds up to him having to be called in and then he just gets offed and we don't even see it. Yeah, it's off screen. He's just cold. <laughs> yeah, just and so I'm just like, "Oh, all right, <laughs> like, you know, every time I every time I see it happen, but I'm just like, well, I guess that's just 
what they had, and then it gives us the chance for him to step up and to take the demon. So it's like, I guess that has to happen. Yeah, but, but yeah, I think that's always a weird moment. Yeah, I do love the fact though he like when he sees him dead, he tries to revive him and he's not coming to. So he grabs Reagan and just starts punching her. Yeah, he just beats the. She's like, "Get into me!" Like, <laughs> like, oh, just takes charge. And so, and that's why I love him. I'm, like, it kind of seems like when Reagan's like crying for her mom, right after everything happened, and he goes out the window. It's like she's probably in a lot of pain. I know she has like lacerations around her body, but. She was just like decked in the face three times by a grown ass man. <laughs> like, I that's I know that's that's the part of the lore that I never understand because they did that in the Conjuring as well. It's just like as soon as the demon leaves your body, it just snap back to normal. Like right. that can't be it. Like that can't be how it works. Right. There's got to be some lasting damage. Like, when that happens you need a cat like when she turns her head fully around that should kill you yeah yeah literally like no part of that should just be like yeah she'll just sleep on it It'd be fine which i do remember Absolutely. though in the tv show that's the ultimate move so they never want like that's like a main i don't want to say lore but that's like a main like thing throughout season one and two where it's like you never want the demon or whoever's possessed to completely turn their head around because that'll kill them and so that's like a big thing that the priests are trained to or the exorcists that are kind of like rising uh again it's like a big political thing thing but like that's the like the main rule they're like please whatever you do do not let them rotate their heads because you will that's lose such a and see that's such a beautiful thing to add it's like yeah. oh you probably shouldn't let that happen yeah, that's like a rule for them, and it's like okay, that 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 makes this scene in The Exorcist mean a lot more. <laughs> and it, it's yes, great. exactly. So this brings me to my. Uh, I think we covered most of the the main characters here. Last thing uh, I kind of would talk about, and then we could probably end for the night. Just the overall haunting and the exorcism itself in the movie. How'd you feel about you know just from Reagan's possession to the final act of them? you know the power of christ compels you what's your take on that does this hold up for you i mean yes it does hold up for me but at the same time like i always forget or get thrown off by the fact that the exorcism is done in parts and we see the parts like we see them yeah. rest you know, and it's like such a little thing to be like, of course, of course they would. But that's the parts that I'm talking about of like, maybe that could be condensed into just one moment. Like, sure, in real life, yes, it would be you would take breaks and blah, blah, blah. Like to keep the momentum of what's happening going. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see if it would maybe have just been like. She finally gets fully possessed. She's in that state where she's like cut up on her face and whatnot. And then we just stay in that room until they battle it out of her, you know? Definitely. I was kind of thinking, thinking the same thing. I thought it was weird that we had like an exorcism, like halftime show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. Um, but you're right. I do think it's, I feel like modern movies have kind of taken this as really gone. Because like, I think about The Conjuring. There's three parts. You got like three parts to a possession and then three parts right. to an exorcism. It's like, really? We got all mm -hmm. these rules and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. 
just keep, just waterfall it. Just go one full swoop. Like, Literally, I'm like, you're on a roll. You just calmed her down. You just stopped her from floating. Yeah. How about we get the demon out now? Huh? <laughs> like, how about we stop that? Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, I I like this. I yeah, like I said, the the exorcism is the best part of the movie, and I think that as far as like possession goes, this is a very simple and natural possession type thing. I think a lot of movies yeah. are kind of overcomplicating it. I like Conjuring 3, the way they did it, because it was just like, it was literally just like an act of violence, which kind of sort of conjured the demon, and then you had to bring it inside of himself. Uh, that was pretty cool. You know, things like Hereditary, I think it was really clever, because they made you think it was one character, and then it turns out to be another character that was, you know, initially targeted the entire time. Um, I like the paranormal activity movies and how they handle possession because it's again it's a process, but it's like you're fucked either way. Oh, <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just what a process. But uh, this one it, again, it's very simplified, but like, they stretch it out over the entire runtime. But I do think the final exorcism is staged really well. It is when yeah. they are fully doing the exorcism. I'm like, you could really just put this on stage and it'll be a nice little like one act show. Yes. Yes. I know. I I need to see more, like, airy slash paranormal takes on stage. I've said that before. Because when I watched the Woman in Black Ooh. performance on a stage, like, it just was so effective to be in the room with these... I'm so sorry. Okay. It was so effective to be in a room with these people and see it happening. And yeah, I think if you if you were to try to do an exorcism play or an exorcism on stage, it would be very effective. Ooh, send me or I want to see the woman in black on stage because I'm not a big fan of the movie. I can never finish it, but I would love to see it on stage. Yeah, I'll send you some stuff about it. All right. Um, anything else you want to bring up here before we end for the night? Uh, I just, like, want to reiterate that no matter what opinion people, what opinions people have, um, about it, like, it's still definitely a classic, and the, it holds up very well every time I rewatch it, um, specifically the camera work, and I hope that the new one is pretty good. I hope that I at least enjoy it. Yeah. If nothing else, like that, I have a good time. All right. And yeah, that's pretty much all I have for the night as well. Um, so final question, then we'll end. Do you recommend The Exorcist from 1973? I definitely do recommend it. I would say be cautious of it just because like it is a little triggering. And like I said, there are a few moments, uh, especially depending on which version you watch, that oh. are a little um terrifying <laughs> um and a very sensitive but overall like just a great experience and definitely a like bucket list film especially for this time of year this halloween season yes yes and yeah for me it's a as of right now it's a recommend in its base form like it's a kind of a reluctant recommend cuz i do really love and respect this movie but I think my <laughs> takeaway is that you can't watch this movie consecutively. I At least for me, I probably need to keep it, like, two years apart for each viewing. And just saying, like, you know. Yeah, this. Yeah. That's fair. 
because uh, just for context, I, I think I think we mentioned this when we did the Lost Boys, but like me and you watched it together, and now it's back in like what April, and so since then yeah. I've already I like since April I've watched it two other times with two other people, <laughs> <laughs> and so this is my fourth time watching it this year alone. So I am kind of like, uh, all right, <laughs> I kind of need to yeah, stop watching. I get this. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I yeah, this is it's a recommend in it's obviously a classic for a reason. Um, uh, just don't watch it consecutively. <laughs> uh, let it breathe on. Yeah, it. it's definitely not an over and over again kind of film. Yeah, because again, I feel like when it comes to these with again these seventies movies, I just end up wanting to watch more seventies films, and then eventually I'll end up in like James Bond territory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just in a completely different genre and you're just like, yeah. well, it's still a good vibe, so yeah. I'll just stay here for a little bit. Well, I, well, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're good. You're alive. You got through it. All right. And speaking of getting through it, thank you for joining me for this episode, Aaron. It was great having you back. Of course, dude. I really enjoyed talking about it. Yes. Always. Have me back anytime. Yes, yes. Love, love, love. Love having you on. And thank you guys for listening to another episode. Uh, I hope you guys had fun listening to us talk about this movie. <laughs> um, it's a horror classic for a reason. We'll just keep it at that. End on a high note. Yeah. Um, other than that, I believe uh, we will be getting to a lot of... We'll be getting to a, some more classics as well. Uh, I know we're doing Terminator in, in a few weeks. We're doing the, the first Alien and um, again, Woo! to coincide with Thanksgiving, we're doing Chopping Mall, a personal fave for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, and then uh, December, I'm still deciding on what to do for that, but it looks like we may be doing Stephen King just to end the year. Okay. Yeah, pick out some Stephen King movies we haven't done yet, so um, stay tuned. Thank Love you guys. Me Stephen King. Yeah, stay tuned, guys. Thank you for holding on. I know this release schedule has been all over the place. But I promise I will get all the episodes out at least before Christmas. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you again on the murder board. And remember, it's always a good day for an exorcism. Any movies you would want to recommend we do on the podcast next year? I am currently watching this film that I'm going to finish after we get done uh, that just came out called The Passenger. I Ooh. highly recommend to check it out and talk about it. Ooh, is that it's what a, Kyle uh, Gallner and the guy from TikTok? Yes. Oh, yes. I was so happy when he was like, I laid at my first movie role. And I'm like, oh, shit, you got me through quarantine. Literally. <laughs> Yes, literally. I was like, good fuck for you. And he's so good in it. And the other guy, I keep forgetting his name, but you said it. He's so fucking good. I yeah. love his shit. And, like, just they're a great pair in it. So I highly yes. recommend it. Well, definitely now I have a reason to check it out. Because I saw it and I was like, it looks um, it looks interesting. But then I was like, it just kind of like fell off. Like, it's, people stopped talking about it. But I know that he was in it. Yeah, I was just looking for something I hadn't seen, and I was like, oh yeah, this is new. I wanted to know this. And then I was like watching it, and I was like, this is very interesting. 
it's funny that you because i also had that same exact like i need something to watch something i haven't seen and then my ass went all the way back to the 90s and i was so i ended up watching um when a stranger calls back which is the sequel to when a stranger calls <laughs> oh so a 90s sequel to a 70s film yes sir and surprisingly right. i would say better than the first movie there you go hell yeah i was really i'll enjoying check it out it. Because um, I don't know if you ever you ever seen like the original. I haven't seen the original, but the remake was one of the first horror movies I ever watched. Ooh boy, and that's the one I need to rewatch because I well I rewatched it during quarantine. I was like, this movie sucks ass. <laughs> I thought it was bad. <laughs> and so, I know I haven't seen it since I was like a little children. So yeah, man, but uh. Yeah, that first movie, it's on YouTube, like, literally any, like, the whole thing is just on YouTube for some reason. Um, but I I watched that one back, and I was like, I had to be a sophomore in high school when I watched it. And the best part of the movie is what people remember, is the, the original, like, it's basically the first half of Scream. But it's, you know, the phone calls, her in the <laughs> house, and that's the first, like, 15 yeah. minutes. After that, it becomes, like, this really slow lifetime psychodrama. <laughs> and it's okay so bad but it's kind of like again it's the 70s so i was like i'm gonna power through it but this is not entertaining it's very boring but the second movie it was really good now i was pissed off in the second movie no one really calls the phone like there's no one on the phone it's a door like it's someone talking on the other side of the door and but it was really there is a weird moment though in the movie someone is wearing blackface and i'm like oh I didn't expect to see that uh. in 1990, but all right, that's, <laughs> I guess. Just, yeah, it's just like, huh. And it's we... a very big character, too. They're like, they kind of go through the movie wearing blackface, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's that was the 90s, maybe. Uh, that feels very outdated no. for the 90s. Yeah, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No, that's just like yeah. unnecessary. But aside from that, it was a really good like. It was a really good scary thriller. And that's was, the craziest. That's the craziest sentence. Yeah, yeah. It was such a good experience and a great sequel. I mean, there was a prominent <laughs> blackface character, which I thought was very out of place, especially yeah. for the time. But you know, other than the blackface, it was a great <laughs> film to watch. Yeah, like, like that's just it's yeah. a wild thing to think about. It was definitely like that's a. That was a choice that they made for that character. That was a choice that they made. But um, it was really oh. other than yeah, other than that, it was really good. <laughs> I was like, right. I would definitely That's recommend it with caution. Um, it should definitely have one of those like this movie was made way back at a time where blah 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 blah. Do they have on Disney Plus nowadays? No, that was the nineties. <laughs> that still doesn't like that does not write that off. It does That's not. That's the yeah. craziest thing to me. <laughs> Anyway, yes. It's, oh. like, it's kind of like you're watching The Exorcist, and then all of a sudden, Reagan just pops up. I'm a black man. Or just instead of the demon face, it's just a flash of someone in blackface. Yeah. It's just like that. That's terrifying for sure. And this movie is immediately out of the academy. <laughs> it's just forgotten. Damn, you were so close. Well. 